it's no exaggeration when they say that, you know, black people have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to believe that growing up, you know, I'm like, there's no way, like we have a black president, you know, you hear all these things and then you realize, you know, like, oh, that is the case, mm-hmm. you know, because God forbid you have a bad day at work. It's like, you feel like as a person of color, you are defined by that bad day. Mm-hmm. You know, you are then generalized and it's, pre- it's almost like an aha moment for some people to be like, I knew it. You know, like I knew that person was angry. It's almost like dehumanizing mm. where you can't express certain emotions or be disappointed yeah. or frustrated. You just have to kind of just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just keep going. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the HR Leadership Podcast brought to you by Equitable. I am Joseph Ifiegbu, the CEO and co-founder of Equitable. This HR leadership series focuses on what companies are doing to understand employee satisfaction, productivity, diversity, and how leaders are approaching the moments of truth. Join us. Wow, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, sweet. So, um, as I mentioned, I am in New York. I was born and raised in New York, specifically in the Bronx, um, but I currently live in Brooklyn. Most of my working career has been in this city and I've been working at a healthcare company for about five years and nine months to be exact. Um, I work as a lab specialist. So pretty much just working in the lab, um, sticking people with needles, you know, trying to make it a not so scary encounter by combating it with, you know, human centered, just compassionate uh, healthcare. And so I enjoy what I do. And, you know, most recently this year, I started a resource group at my company. I started a resource group because something told me, you know, as much as I'm feeling a certain way, I know there's a lot of other people who are. And so I just wanted to create a group that is action-based and to help, you know, provide resources to these employees at work. So that's just been one, what I've been working on lately. And it's rewarding so far just to kind of network and connect people across different districts and different states. And um, just seeing how, you know, we can make people feel seen at work and appreciated and making sure that they have the tools and the resources to um, not only maintain, you know, a good work-life balance, but actually succeed mm-hmm. and grow so it's an uphill battle but it's definitely worth fighting yeah what for you is that that importance of psychological safety at work for people of color because essentially that's kind of the space that you 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 normally or normally in a sense created right uh for 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 people like you to to come and share so what for you is that important not just even for your work but for just people of color in general how do you see that i think it's most important to me because it's not something that we have quite established yet, not only in the workplace, but just living your daily life as a person of color and specifically a black person. Um, and just to clarify, by the way, I am biracial. So mm-hmm. I, I don't speak from understanding the 100% mm-hmm. like experience that I grew up in black culture and I understand it and, you know, have mm-hmm. friends 
recently, but I just wanted to put that out there in case anybody's wondering like, oh, you look kind of like Puerto Rican because I am Puerto Rican also. <laughs> but um, no, but just going back to my point, you know, we don't really have many safe spaces where we can um, meet one another, you know, even travel to different countries without wondering if you are going to feel safe there or be welcomed. It's just so many different aspects in life where we are just not afforded the privilege of being able to just exhale and exist. Mm. You know, when it comes to corporate culture, you know, it can be very cutthroat. Mm. And there's a lot of conforming that comes into play when you are, um, I don't want to say outnumbered, but mm. when it comes to tokenism, when you are just, let's say, for example, the only one of your kind, mm. of culture goes there's a lot of just like adapting to the norm that is surrounding you and I think our people for many years have found the art of doing that but not realizing the psychological effects of not of like shrinking yourself and not feeling like you are living and walking and speaking your truth and being who you are 100% and also having people beside you that can relate to that. Like one thing I'm really passionate about, for example, is like code switching. Mm. So like out of that in corporate culture where people feel like, okay, when certain people are around, I have to like, lighten up my voice and like, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. appear and, you know, professional or yeah. I like straighten my hair, you know, when I'm uh, at work, that and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's just aspects. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I just want to show people, you know, that there is a place in this world where you can be your authentic self um, and still be respected as a as a professional working um, human being. How strong do you think the need is for community building? How strong do you think it, the need is for for allyship and saying, okay, yes, we there's a bunch of people that maybe look the same and speak the same language, but there is a need for it. How strong do you think it is in, 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 in companies um, and organizations? Um, it's extremely strong, especially when a lot of companies nowadays and emphasis on the nowadays mm -hmm. uh, advertise and, and try and, you know, recruit and, and promote inclusivity in the workplace. And they say, we, you know, we abide by the law and we are an equal employer and, you know, there's a lot of things that they promote, but then when you get inside on the other side and you realize that some people are extremely out of touch, for lack of a better word, um, it's just harmful. Mm -hmm. And even though it's not outright physical harm that you see, um, we all know when it comes to like mental health, for example, um, a lot of people suffer in silence, mm -hmm. you know? it just becomes the norm where again when it comes to conforming people just feel like when they come to work they're wearing a mask mm. you know feel like they have to leave who they really are authentically at the door you have to come and be this person yes ma'am no sir and um i think what makes it really what makes the stakes high is that when you think about the advancement of a people like evolutionary over years you know if you're not tapping into your fullest potential because you are in whatever confines and those confines are usually you know conformity at work then you really have no idea which limits you are able to reach and that affects society in a whole yeah. when you 
of a bunch of people who are just boxed in and they don't see beyond the ceiling while some other people in their culture are being raised from a very young age to know their work, to know that, you know, you are the talent, you don't need this place, this place needs you. Mm. When you have that mindset, you know, you're, I would imagine your life's experiences are different versus when you're raised in a culture that teaches you to just survive pretty much, mm. you know, yeah. and when, you know, when I had that experience of being denied for a job and was confiding in my mom about it crying the whole night you know her her mindset and her viewpoint was along the lines of just you know don't don't leave that job you know just stay and keep trying and mm. you know don't speak up too much because you don't want to you know ruffle any feathers and it was just very much fear based mm. and just um just on the lines of again just surviving yeah. and I understand and I forgive her for the way that, you know, she thinks and how she was raised because those were the circumstances. But yeah, I into my mom sometimes I'm like, this is 2021 and, you know, I have rights and I have principles of my own. And, you know, um, yeah, if you don't feel valued at a place or feel like, you know, the place where you're dedicating your time and passion and energy are, are reciprocating that same respect and loyalty, then um, it's no use in um, deteriorating your mind mm. and thinking that you need this place. Mm. Mm. Are They think like this place or this boss or this role determines me and my worth and my capabilities when we all know that's not the case. Yeah. It's no exaggeration when they say that, you know, Black people have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to believe that growing up. You know, I'm like, there's no way, like we have a black president, you know, you hear all these things and then you realize, you know, like, oh, that is the case, you know, because God forbid you have a bad day at work. It's like, you feel like as a person of color, you are defined by that bad day. Mm -hmm. You know, you are then generalized and it's, it's almost like an aha moment for some people to be like, I knew it. You know, like I knew that person was angry. It's almost like dehumanizing mm. where you can't express certain emotions or be disappointed yeah. or frustrated. You just have to kind of just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and just keep going. Mm. And then that's how health starts to um, waver because you're you're fighting against this invisible wall that you don't yeah. even is there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you're not you're not seen. you're like seen as a generalization of the individual. Right. It's like this. <laughs> when you're a black person or a person of color, you don't have the privilege of being seen as an individual. You are a representative of your race, whether you want to be or not. Mm -hmm. Whereas the counterparts, you know, whenever you hear something egregious about them, like in the news, for example, it's always that individual person. They were troubled. You know, this specific mm -hmm. thing happened to this specific person. They're not um, they're not like prejudged based on their race yeah if you had limited resources <laughs> uh what would you what are some of the things that you would do um within your organization or your community even um to 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 change or to improve the experiences of people of color in terms of where they work and how they experiences how would you 
what would you do if you had limited resources? Uh, I think it would be very beneficial if we can bring, you know, a bunch of black working professionals together, um, not for the, just partying or, you know, keeping it light, but just to really learn from one another, relate, network, make connections, share information, um, and just having the ability, again, to be around people that you can, A, be your authentic self with, you know, relate to, feel comfortable talking and not feeling like you are being seen through some biased lens, but you're being seen um, for exactly the person that you are. I've been in those situations and it just makes a, you know, a huge difference. And so um, bringing people together as far as community building and networking um, is one thing that I think would be great as far as just making people feel motivated to come to work and feel like they actually have people that they can rely on and trust wholeheartedly. Um, and then what else as far as resources? Having actual, you know, programs and workshops and mentorships that are actually going to do what they say, you know, what they advertise as. So I think it could work if if it's actually, you know, intended to do so. So you train a bunch of people, you instill a lot of the fundamentals of what it means to be a working professional and how to reach certain goals. And then you provide the said opportunities for them to implement what they learn. This is incredible. Uh, thank you so much for just, uh, yeah, for, for, for speaking with us. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate your, your time, your insights, your story. Uh, I enjoy this conversation. <laughs> I enjoy, uh, learned so much and uh, yeah, no, uh, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Again, I am always available to talk about these things. I will always make time. I'm glad it's being talked about nowadays. I think now is our time to really capitalize on um, making sure that people are, you know, seen and appreciated because that promotes greatness. So good luck and, you know, all that you're doing and hopefully these companies receive you and what you're offering and you know, do the right thing. That's all we can really hope for. <laughs> Absolutely.